Hallelujah. I won't, I won't be long this morning. I guess it depends on how you define long. Mine might be a little different definition than yours. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The devil is defeated. Satan is under our feet. And we're bruising the top of his head with our heel. Because God anointed these hills, even these bingo shoes God anointed. Look at it, man. That's why Parker and Gabby got me for Christmas. So I had to show those off to you. Hallelujah. Just, we were at that game. That was part of our birthday gift, mine and Pierce's. And we were sitting on a 25-yard line. It happened about the 30 or 35. Just, man, not that far. We were on the 15th row. We were almost there. We saw the whole thing. When that young man dropped over with his heart stopping, they had to give him life support right there on the field. We couldn't see what was going on because they put people around him. We were so low, we couldn't see. And before they let us know that they were actually performing CPR on him, they showed one replay so we could see it, and it showed him making the tackle, stood up, and then all of a sudden he dropped. And when he did that, David, I knew what that was. I knew this is serious. I figured it was some sort of heart failure. And within minutes, they announced that they were doing CPR on him. But God. But this young man's been a Christian for many years. His mother and father are Christians. They're people of faith. And if you watch any of the news, how they've been speaking it, even uh, ex-athletes that were leading television shows and stuff would just stop and pray out loud prayers. And you could tell they were new at it, but they were trying. But God. And I really believe God is using this young man as a testimony of what he's doing in 2023. He's bringing those things which were dead alive. I said he's bringing those things which were supposed to be dead to life and life evermore. He's bringing them to another level, another realm. I am telling you as the man of God and the father of this house, if you step in, God will meet you there. If you placate and play, you'll be left behind. Till you repent, and then you have some opportunities to catch up. I'm just telling you, it is time to get our hearts in sync together in unity and power. We have unity and love in the house, but we gotta we gotta get our faith in sync. We we, we gotta have our anointings linked together and advance together. There's just going to be such supernatural advancement in 2023. I mean, people are going to lose jobs and different things like that, but I'm telling you what, you just continue to walk it and don't speak negative and just stand on the promises and spend time with God. I promise you, you'll get a better job than you ever lost before. He'll find a way to bring promotion into your life. And when others are losing jobs, you're going to be promoted. You're going to advance. Say, that's me, Lord. I'm going to talk to you about fasting brings power. I said, fasting brings power. I heard a story earlier this week, and I just thought, man, that just sums it up. It's a true story about an older, an older lumberjack and a young, strong lumberjack. And they're out working, you know, cutting trees and the young guy was so strong and so fast, he'd just laugh at the old man, and he'd just like a helicopter. He's a cut helicopter. He just cut stuff down so quick. The old man was at his pace. Then finally, the young man said, I'm tired of this, Pops. I'll tell you what. Tomorrow, we're going to come in here, and we're going to have a contest. I'm going to show you who is the strongest, baddest lumberjack here, and I'm going to whoop up on you by cutting down more trees than you can even think about. The old man said, okay. So they start early that morning. The old man's cutting at a good pace. For about an hour, sets down for 15 minutes. Young man's like, what? He's going to lose. He's going like crazy. Man, for eight, nine hours, that's crazy. Cut. Couple, every hour, the old man sat down for an hour. Sat down for 15 minutes. Finally, getting toward the end of the day, the old man passed him up. And then eventually, the old man cut down 30% more trees than this young whippersnapper. And he couldn't believe it when the bell rang and he'd gotten beat by 30% this old man. And, and he said, you know, it's one thing for you to beat me. 
Well, it's another thing for you to sit on your fanny 15 minutes after you cut for every hour, and I work like a dog all day. And the old man said, well, when I was sitting there, I was sharpening my axe. And every time I sharpened my axe, it made me cut more efficient and evenly. And the reason you lost, you got a dull axe. Supernatural advancement means that you're going to be promoted probably doing less. There's many of us in here, we're work, we're tired, we're running on both ends. As my mama used to say, I don't know how you run on both ends, but you do. Pushing and just keep amping up, doing more, doing more. That's not what's going on this year. This year is an uncommon anointing for divine encounters, uncommon uncommon anointing for supernatural promotion, uncommon anointings for breakthroughs. This is your year. Many of you are just running and you're pushing and you're pressing. You want to grow in God. You want to grow in your family. You want to grow in your health and finances. And you just add more to your plate. I'm here to tell you, take some things off your plate. Take some time outs. Pray and fast and seek the Lord. Because the Bible says, if you seek, you shall find. If you knock, he will open. So my goal is to sharpen some axes today. And that's what prayer and fasting is all about. There are certain forces that reinforce prayer when we pray. And you know my definition for prayer is communing and conversing with. So you're in communion with God and conversing with, asking and receiving from God. Communing and conversing, having conversation with, asking, making requests, and receiving. If you miss any one of those components, you miss. Why? Because you're leaving out part of the principle that God gave us and how he gave us to operate. A lot of people will do everything in faith and all that, but they don't have faith to receive. You know, other people have faith to receive, but they don't have faith to start, to begin. So prayer has certain supportive things that pushes it through the top to where it's not just you talking at God. Sometimes we run into, run into obstacles that we can't overcome. But there's certain forces, covenant forces God has given us that we can use with prayer. And they're supplements and they're complementary to prayer and they reinforce prayer. The two main ones he gives us, one is fasting and prayer and giving and prayer. And I'm not going to talk about giving, I'm going to talk about fasting today. But those are supplements that release your faith, build your faith so you can access the level of anointing you need to access to have the kind of victory you need to have. Can anybody say amen this morning? Because there's certain oppositions that will not answer the current level of faith and prayer you're at right now. There's certain oppositions you're going to face in your life that you don't have the faith level or, and you don't have the anointing on your prayer life to get the kind of breakthrough, to get the kind of miracle, to get the kind of thing that you need right now. And then one of the ways you do that is when you begin to fast, not going on a hunger strike, right? But when you begin to fast and separate yourself physically to receive spiritually. You see, everything in the kingdom is first in the unseen. Then it comes into the visible. Everything in the natural was first in the spiritual because from God's mouth, when he spoke the worlds into existence in Genesis 1, everything was in his heart and mind. And when he spoke it from nothing into something before the creation was created, it said the spirit of the Lord hovered over. The spirit of the Lord hovered over. Everything you see, touch, smell, know, could think about first began in the spirit realm. You say, well, what about the bad stuff? Yeah, that's the angels that got kicked out of heaven, Lucifer, now Satan. Yeah, that's bad spirits. That's right. That's where they go. And the curse on man and woman because of deceiving God. But we have a second Adam that came named Jesus. And he didn't do away with the first covenant. He fulfilled it and gave us a better covenant, the Bible says. Say, I have a better covenant. Hmm. So what is the, the purpose of fasting is what? It's to empower you with the anointing. To empower you with the anointing to defeat any opposition opposing God's will on a matter. God gave me that definition. That's mine. I'm sharing it with you. 
Here's what he gave me. The purpose of fasting is to empower. Everybody say empower. You with the anointing needed. Whatever level of the presence and glory and power of God you need at that moment, the anointing needed to do what? Defeat any. Somebody say any. Opposition opposing God's will in a matter. What is that? His will and testament, his covenant, his word. That's why so many times you hear me quote 1 Peter 2.24. I don't even bother. He bore our sufferings on the cross and all that. I just get right down to the last little sentence of that. It says, by his stripes you were healed. Hmm. God's will is healed. Jesus only asked one time if he would be make someone whole, the leper, in uh, Mark's gospel in chapter 7. He said, be thou made whole. And he was whole instantly in front of everyone. Got brand new skin. Can you imagine a leper that's been colonized out? They would kill him for even coming in around people, but came in through the crowds anyway. And I can imagine the stench and the, the flesh falling off of his body, what it must have smelled and looked like. And when he was instantly healed, everybody probably just stood and saw brand new skin come on him. It doesn't talk a lot about what fell off of him. But the old stuff had to come off, and God gave him brand new. 2023 is a year as you pray and fast, as you sow and believe. I'm telling you, 2023 is going to be a year things are coming off of you. I said things are coming off of you. Things that, that bring the spirit of de death and the spirit of division and weakness in your life and on your family is coming off. No opposition will stand and see you defeated in 2023. Some of you just looking at me. But I think if you look at the signs following and what God spoke to us over the recent months coming into this year, and every time the enemy tries to take one or do something, I just go back to that word, Miss Gwen, that God gave her in that vision. Don't get distracted. Just pray for it and, and expect it to be done and stay focused on my glory. Stay focused on my glory. Don't allow anyone or anything to distract you from God's glory. God's manifested presence. God being seen. God being visible. People talking about the glory of God over this young football player. I believe he'll be back playing too. This young football player that already has gotten his faculties back. He's speaking. He's talking. He's writing. He's off of the breathing tubes. God's already speaking through little Asher and seeing the miracle with him. God's already speaking. I tell DJ every time I say, you're a walking, talking miracle, son. Ah, no, don't be humble. You're a walking, talking miracle. And we're going to see more and more of that. Why? You got to look at the signs that are following you. You, you, you got to be open to realize and tap into the promises of God. Let God be true and every man be a liar. If God gives you a word and you believe it and it lines up in the word, Stand on it. I said stand on it. Like Popeye says, stands and stands some more. All of you young ones don't even know who Popeye is. God bless you. When I say young, I'm saying under 30. But anyway, <clears throat> I know y'all laughing at me. We know what Popeye is. Jesus illustrates this in Matthew's gospel, chapter 17. Verse 14, let's look, look at a few verses. <clears throat> it said, when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic and suffers severely. And that's one translation. Another, the King James and others talks about it actually being an evil spirit. <clears throat> Some sicknesses, it doesn't mean if you have epilepsy, you have an evil spirit, but what can cause or be the root of it is an evil spirit attacking a body. So it's not that someone has an evil spirit because of it. It's just an evil. All sickness is from evil. John 10, 10, remember? Jesus said, I came to, Satan came to what? Still kill, destroy. It's his job description. Job description. What did he say? I came to give life and give life more abundantly. He didn't come to kill. He didn't come to steal. He didn't come to destroy. So if it's bad, it's Satan. If it's good, it's God. Now you can get underneath that and get crazy if you want to. That's your business. <clears throat> Hallelujah. 
For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Now, they had been, if you read other places, they had been having crazy miracles, signs, and wonders. But this one boy, they couldn't get healed. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? I bet they're like, wait, bro, we've been out here healing the sick, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, preaching. How long will I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon. And it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Didn't say instantly within a minute or two, but by the time about an hour went past, he was totally healed or cured. Verse 19, then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. Hmm. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, remember you can put that on the mustard seed, you first get it on the end of a needle, it's so small. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing, somebody say nothing, will be impossible for you. However, see there Jesus, however, that's a level you can get to, he's saying. But however, this kind does not go out except by what? Prayer and fasting. So after emphasizing the role of faith in dealing with our oppositions, Jesus further said to his disciples, what, however, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. So no strategy of the opposition is ever higher than Jesus and his name, and no opposition to Jesus ever can overcome the combination of faith, prayer, and fasting Because whenever you are truly spiritually focused on prayer and fasting, building your faith, feasting on the word of God, even the overflow of it will bring your opposition into submission. Unfortunately, there's so many unfounded beliefs about what, what prayer and what fasting is, which brings a void in tangible results. The purpose of fasting is what? It's for the release of power to overcome any opposition that attacks God's will on a matter. And that's why it's so important when you fast and separate yourself to fast and you're focusing on the, they'll give you some different oppositions, different ways to fast. Pick the one and prayerfully which one you need to do and in that time, you take time to get in the word because if you're not feasting on the word, you open yourself up to, to unbelief at a greater level because you'll say, well, I fasted and I prayed and it got worse. <clears throat> hmm. But once you get the word in you and you can stand on one verse or one word in the word of God that fits your situation and that builds faith in you, You could speak to any mountain, cancer, heart disease, diabetic, poverty, debt, racism, fear, unbelief, uh, hatred, unforgiveness. You can speak to any of it. None of it has authority over you. I love what Isaiah 10, 27 says, and it shall come to pass in that day. Say, this is the day. This was talking about a certain time period, and that time period was over over 1,500 years ago. So it's already in that day. And it shall come to pass in this day that the burden shall be taken away off of your shoulder and his yoke, Satan's yoke from your neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. What is the anointing? It can be referred to as a manifestation of the spirit of God, but also as the glory of God. The Bible talks about the anointing as referring to uh, ointment, like they would mix up an ointment with olive oil and other things and smear it on their sheep and stuff to keep the bugs and disease away, to help with infections. The anointing is also referred to like one taking a bow and arrow and shooting a target. An anointing brings a target to a targeted area that needs to be targeted. There's a lot of different variations of anointing. 
But what God is saying, I'll give you whatever manifestation of me, my son or my spirit that you need to break the opposition in your favor. Fasting is not begging and pleading to God and not punishing yourself. Fasting is a spiritual device, a spiritual device or way or mechanism that empowers you with the anointed needing to deal with whatever you're facing. When you're fasting, what are you doing? You're taking your time, your folks' attention, and putting it on God. And it's like the guys were preaching during, you know, our conference, right? We need to give thanks every day, all the time, every time you think about it, give thanks. Begin to give thanks to God. I love what Pastor Toye said. There is nothing you can't defeat in seven minutes if you'll just dance and give thanks to God. Now, you could do it for seven days and not get, get it if you're not in, in, in faith. That's what fasting and prayer does, communing, conversing, asking, receiving from God, but also, what is it? Fasting, separating myself apart so that I can build my spirit man up, not really build my spirit man up, so I can weaken my soul and my body so my spirit man can be in charge. 1 John 5, 21, Paul said, I pray for your W-H-O-L-E, whole spirit, soul, and body, that it be found blameless in that day, the day you meet the Lord. So he lets us know we are a spirit, we have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. Your soul is your decision-making resource. We have a spirit, we are a spirit, we have a soul, and it lives in this treasure, this body. What fasting does, it begins to take attention off your body and off your problems and your stuff and you begin to feast on God's word and set time a day, several times a day in the morning and the evening and so on. You set time away just to give thanks and praise to God. You that are filled with the spirit, pray in your heavenly tongue, your language, pray. And you are not, I believe a lot of you are going to get it right there wherever you're at praying. I really do. And as you begin to pray before the Lord, what's going to happen? Holy Spirit's going to begin to touch your heart and your mind, going to begin to reveal for you. You're going to get healings of things you didn't even pray for, and you're going to two or three days, like, wait a minute, I thought my knee was, I forgot. I thought my back. But I wasn't even praying for healing, Lord. I was praying. Exactly. Uncommon anointing for uncommon breakthroughs, supernatural promotions and divine encounters. You're going to receive revelation. God's going to reveal himself to you like never before. What's revelation mean in biblical terms? It means uncovering the voice of God. Revelation is when God reveals truth to you that you couldn't get any other way. You wouldn't understand it any other way. But God reveals truth. When you set yourself aside to pray and to fast and you feed on the word of God, even if you start your day with 15, 20 minutes and just get a quiet time, a quiet place, and just really give thanks and praise to God and begin to just speak in it to him and just tell him how much you love him and just say, Lord, whatever. You don't even have to speak to me today. I just want to honor you. This is your day. I'm setting my body and my flesh aside. I want my spirit to reign. The way God set it up is your spirit is to be the king your soul, decision-making resource, is to be uh, the servant, and the, bo the body is to be the slave or the lowest one on the totem pole there, right? Instead, we got our soul and body ahead of our spirit. We can't hear our spirit even though we're born again. If you're born again, your spirit is not abiding in a state of death. You just can't hear it because your opposition is so loud. Your problems and focus is so loud. And where your focus goes, what? Your energy flows. And whenever you focus on something that makes you upset or angry or worried or fearful, that's all you're going to hear. That's all you're going to Somebody can tell you the greatest news ever. You won't even get it because you're just so wrapped up in your stuff. It's called being stuck. You know, as a kid, you'd hear people say, oh, he's stuck up or she's stuck up. What are they talking about? You know, their chin's stuck in the air. No, they're, they're talking about they think so highly of themselves. They're stuck on themselves. We need to get stuck up on God. We just need to get stuck up on God to where, hey, I'm high on God. I'm locked into God. I'm going to 
Jesus said, so why don't you heal everybody? I only do what the Father from heaven tells me to do, my Father who is in heaven. And I've given you illustrations where Peter and John healed the guy at the temple in the book of Acts, right? Well, that same guy sat there for every time Jesus had walked by him multiple times to teach in the temple, asking for the alms. Jesus had never healed him. Because Jesus only said what the Father told him to say, and he only done what the Father told him to do. Well, God, don't speak to me like that. Oh, yeah, open your Bible. That's all God. That's God's word to you. That's his logos and his rhema to you. And when you begin to take that word and feast on it and feed on it, and then you, you commune and have conversation with God, you speak to him and you, you have him speak to you. What the old man did, how he defeated the young man, the young lumberjack, he took a time of rest. And in that time of rest, he sharpened things up. When you fast, it's a time of rest and you begin to sharpen things up. When you're fasting, you're actually resting from your problems and your worries and your fears and your pain and your sorrow or whatever. Your, or even your success and your popularity. You know, you may be the best time in your life. That can be the most dangerous time in your life if your focus is wrong. But as the old man rested, what did he do? He sharpened his axe head. So what I'm telling you, when you rest in the Lord and just lay before the Lord or dance before the Lord and you begin to start everything with thanks and praise and end it with thanks and praise, and in between you're taking some of his word and just putting it in your heart, you're sharpening your axe that can chop down any opposition you're going to face. If you need, if you've got a bigger opposition that it's going to take two or three goes at it, you might have to rest two or three times and fast and sharpen it and go after it again. Somebody say amen. amen. Say, that's good, preacher boy. So Jesus illustrated that to us, right? That without fasting and prayer, you've healed people, you've done some good stuff. But this is a different level. What? He's saying you got to sharpen your spiritual axe, buddy. You got to sharpen. You know, I used to give this illustration years ago. If you've been here, remember, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you're laying in bed and it's midnight and there's chocolate cake in the fridge with a big old gallon of milk, man, whole real milk there, cold. And you're just sitting there and all of a sudden you wake up and you start thinking about that. Oh, my goodness. I like have a big old chocolate cake with that icing and big old thing of milk and I just eat half that cake right now. But I can't. It's not good for my health. And I promised my wife I wouldn't, so I can't do that. I got to, before long, your foot starts easing down on the floor. Before long, you go start going down the stairs, you know what I'm saying? And you look at that refrigerator and you go, oh, I'll just take a little bite. Well, why'd you set the whole thing out to cut it? You just want to take a little bite. Well, I ate that piece. I might as well eat what I want. I'm in trouble anyway. What happened? Your body craves it. You're like, why is it? I was asleep and I woke up craving it. Because your body's goofy. I woke up craving cake. I wasn't even thinking about cake. I wake up and the first thing I think is cake. Then my mind starts saying, mm, remember how good that icing was this morning? Oh, today. Ooh. I bet that thing's still moist. Now it's nice and cool. Having opened that big new gallon of milk, oh my goodness! And your mind's like, and your body's like, "What are you waiting on, dummy?" He's like, getting its leg, it's gone. Only thing to stop that is your spirit say, "No, shut up, mind, be quiet, body, go to sleep, and close your eyes." You think that's funny, but it's truth. In other words, people think they are their mind. And scriptures proves your mind is a tool God gave you. You are a spirit. You have a mind that lives in a body. Fasting helps, and you, helps you to sharpen your tool to make sure your spirit steps into its kingly role and operates as the king of your mind and the king of your body. And when you begin to speak, you know, it's a lot of times when I'm praying for me, I'll just speak to something. Because I feel the anointing on me to do it. And God gives me the word to say it. And I say it and I do it. And I'll just do whatever he says and go on to the next one. And then they'll get healed. You say, well, he didn't even touch them. I didn't have to. God's spirit is much greater than anything in the natural. Everything that's here came from spirit. 
When you fast, you're forcing your decision-making resources to humble itself and shut up and your body to be still and to be quiet so that your spirit can tap into what God's doing and saying and download revelation to you to defeat your opposition. We see where Jesus, I won't read it in Luke 1, you know, where Jesus did a 40-day fast, right? And it says when he returned after his fast, what happened? The Bible says he returned in, in the power of Holy Spirit into Galilee. And it talks about right before uh, Luke 4 where he begins to talk about, you know, he's the Messiah, sits down in a chair and he's called to lift the bands of wickedness and heal the brokenhearted and all the his his commission, the anointing is talked about in Isaiah 61, about him being the anointed Messiah, the anointed Christos, Christ, the anointed one. And and before he did that, though, after he came out of the fast, he didn't say he did any miracles before the fast or ministry. He was baptized by John the Baptist. The heavens opened up. God's voice came out, said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove and was on his shoulder, and everyone saw it. But God didn't have him do one ministry thing until he got him in, alone in the wilderness. Why? Because Jesus was crossing over. Well, he was still Jesus, son of God, but he was crossing over from not using anointing to using anointing. He was crossing over from operating in his mind and his body like everybody else because he's a human into operating in his spirit who he is, the son of God. And it says once that happened, his name became famous before he ever got, I mean, before he ever got back over to Luke 4. Before he ever got back over to Luke 4, his name was famous throughout with all the healing and, and things and miracles he did, signs and wonders. Even Jesus, it says, that, that he would get alone after, you, you read in your Bible just about every time he does anything. Oh, and then Jesus separated himself what? To pray. Think about the woman at the well in John 4. Jesus was fasting. They didn't have a clue because the only way they knew the fast was do it like a holiday or something, you know, cover yourself in ashes and make yourself look bad and go around and moan and groan like I'm fasting to the Lord and cover themselves in ashes. That's all they knew. They didn't know the power of fasting. Isn't it interesting when Jesus walks up in John chapter 4 to the woman at the well where they weren't even supposed to be in that Samaritan area and the woman walks up, before the woman walks up, the disciples said, come on, Jesus, let's finish. When you get out of here, let's go on down and get, get our food, get something to eat. He said, you go on. You, you hungry? He said, no, I have food you don't know of. They didn't have revelation of the food Jesus had. His was spiritual food. His is kingdom food. His food is not just natural, but supernatural. It supersedes any natural thing. Everything's created from it. Not long after they left, what happened? The woman comes up and Jesus begins to talk to her and she thinks, oh, it's this cute Jewish guy trying to hit on me thinking I'm a prostitute. She may have been, probably was. And she's kind of getting smart with him and he's just giving her the word. Then finally, he said, where's your husband? Ha-ha, she thought. <laughs> you don't even worship over here. You worship over in there. You're not even supposed to be around this place. Where's your husband? Ha ha. She's thinking, false, false rabbi, false prophet. I don't have a husband. She said, You spoke right. You had five husbands, and the man you're with now is not your husband. Oh my God. Drops her buckets, man. That's a bucket dropper right there. That's a bucket dropper. She's like, what, 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 What's that? What about the water? He said, I have water you don't know of. And then he began to teach her about salvation and Holy Spirit. That true worshipers worship what? In spirit and truth. Spirit is when your spirit is worshiping God, who is spirit. Truth is when you're operating according to the word. Truth is in the beginning was the Word, John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Who is that? That Word is Jesus, right? He became flesh, manifested on there in about verse 14. So Jesus is the truth. He released, he, had, he is spirit, 
But remember, when he ascended in Acts chapter 1 back to heaven and had a church split right there with all those people got upset because he left again after he'd rose from the dead. He said, don't be concerned. I'm going to bring the parakletos, what, Holy Spirit, the one, the Spirit, the one called alongside you. In other words, I can't be with you right now in the state I'm in. I'm, I'm not in the state I was, so right now I'm, I can only be where I'm at. But when I release Holy Spirit, he'll be in you and with you forever all the time. And he had a church split over there. There was over 500 there, and there's only 120 made it to the next chapter, to the upper room. I mean, we have a church split, and you ascend to heaven, and you give revelation. That's pretty bad. See, even Jesus had some bad days. It wasn't his fault, just goofy people. Hallelujah. I'm one, too. When you're fasting, you're really resting. And you're putting your attention and focus on God. You're quieting your mind down. We say, well, I'm just quieting my spirit. No, you want your spirit to be loud and proud, baby. You want your spirit to speak up and speak out. But you have a big advantage if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit because you have a prayer language that you don't even always understand, but it's tongues of angels. And your, your, your language that you don't even understand is communicating with Holy Spirit and with God, telling him things you don't even know you need yet. Communicating the way you can't even communicate. The book of Jude said it edifies, it builds you up. So when we fast, we're not begging or struggling for the devil. Oh, Satan, leave. Come get off my family. I have time for a property jumper. What you're doing, you're connecting heaven. You're connecting with heaven. And as you connect with heaven, God releases power to send the devil packing from your existence. He'll send him packing. During the fast, you've got to find times to separate yourself. <clears throat> if not, it's just a hunger strike or a diet. don't have to be for hours. Try 15 minutes and you'll probably spend an hour. <laughs> so I'm going to give him 10 minutes every morning, 15 minutes. But I mean, give it to him, not while you're doing your hair, brushing your teeth, or running around finding your clothes. Find, get up 15 minutes early. And get off in a room by yourself where you can shout, scream, cry, cry or praise. Then go do all that other stuff. Then do it again if you get time at lunch or fasting. You might as well go somewhere and pray. Then do it when you get home. Do it before you go to bed. And I promise you, your spirit man will be so strong in you and you will begin to feel a fresh strength, might, and power and anointing on you like you've never felt before. So if you look in Luke 4 there where Jesus resisted Satan, there were three different instances where he resisted Satan and he kept telling Satan, it is written, it is written. What was he doing? He was just telling him about the truth because the truth will make you free. He wasn't arguing with Satan. He wasn't saying you're a liar, you're wrong. He said, no, here's what the word says. Let God be true and every devil be a liar, amen? <clears throat> Let me read a few more verses and we'll pray. Matthew 6, verse 16 through 18. <clears throat> Jesus said, moreover, when you fast... Don't be like the hypocrites with a sad fast with a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you don't appear to men to be fasting. Now, some of you have pride in the fact, oh, I don't want to know I'm fasting. Oh, la, la, la. They're just going to think you're rude. Just say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm just committing this time to God. I'm fasting. I, I'll, I'll go to lunch with you. I just can't eat. Don't worry about it. Not, well, yeah, I say I can't tell you why. It's a secret between me and the Lord, but I can't eat. <laughs> oh, brother, I'm fasting. Oh, Jesus. Poor old, poor old me. <laughs> or I'm the spiritual giant in this group. I'm fasting. The rest of you sinners are eating. <laughs> you know, you just got to be careful. That's why it's important to get in the Word. Right? That's why it's important to get your heart right before you leave your house. Amen. And your wife said before you come home. Amen. And your husband said it too. Verse 17 says, but when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward openly. 
So what happens is a fast is building the runway for your spirit man to turn loose. It's building confidence and faith in you to access and release your kingdom nature, who you really are. Hmm. Whenever Jesus told him back there about that young boy, he said that, hey, this only comes out by prayer and fasting. What was he saying? He says, you need a greater level of anointing, a greater level of power, a greater level of glory to deal with that opposition currently. And there's times that I've had to fast to break things. Steph's had to fast to break things. And there's other times, then you don't have to fast a lot of times the next time. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you start getting revelation. You just need to fast when God tells you to fast. And there's different kinds of fasts, and Mark will probably talk about it in a minute, but the two main categories is your personal fast or a corporate fast. And a corporate fast is like Jehoshaphat and 2 Chronicles 20, you know, when he was getting attacked by three different nations, and he called everybody together to prayer and fasting, and he began to remind the Lord of what he'd done, and a little teenage boy, I don't know if he's a teenager, he might have been 12 or 13, in, in the temple gave the word of how to defeat those three different nations. That's corporate fasting. Personal fasting is when you begin to get along. You know, it's like Paul went on a forced fast, right? He was forced because he got knocked off his donkey when he came to Jesus. And, and Jesus went on and made sure he couldn't see. He had scales over his eyes. So he couldn't run and hide nowhere. He had to just sit and think. Can you imagine what that dude was thinking? And how many people wanted to kill him anyway that were Christians? And here he left his soldiers and officials and all that, and he's off over here in some little house alone, blind, with people probably taking care of him. In, in, in Acts chapter 9, and then poor old Ananias, God bless Ananias. That dude needs a trophy or something. He's just over there minding his own business, right? And the Lord speaks to him. Yeah, I say, go. Lay hands on Paul. Throw scales off that boy's eyes and call him into ministry is basically what he said. He said, Lord, you sure? You know, this could be a death mission. To die is the gain, son, Go. And he went, and he laid hands on Paul. I bet mean, he's shaking, like, maybe if I stand to the side, he won't see who I am, and I'll just get the scales off and walk on out. <laughs> I don't know what he's saying. But he went. He laid hands on him and says, as soon as he did it, Paul was what filled with the Holy Ghost, and revelation began to be released. Whew, that's strong. That's strong. I bet Ananias was a man of prayer and fasting. Or how would God communicate with him? Whenever you're fasting, your spiritual perception increases so that you can receive direct uh, strategies and information from the Lord on your situation. Fasting is not a religious exercise. It's a, it's a vital kingdom force that empowers a believer to loose the bands of wickedness, undo heavy burdens, and break every yoke. <clears throat> when you go home, read Isaiah 58. That is the hallmark scripture on fasting. Maybe another week here I'll teach it to you. Let me read you just a few verses out of chapter 58, verses 6 to 8, and we'll pray. It says, is not this the fast that I've chosen? So you need to get it before God to see which fast he wants you to do. It'll probably be the one you don't really want to do. You know what I mean. Fasting is passing on steak and potatoes and surviving on whatever else is there. Fasting is giving up food. You can fast TV, you can fast on but I'm telling you, a chosen fast has to do with lining your mind and your body up with the will of God. And sometimes, it, you, you, ever, you feel real strong when you're real hungry? No, you feel weak when you're real hungry. Why? You get tired quicker. What are you doing? You're fasting to get your body to just shut up to quieten down so your spirit man can rise up in you so that you can commune and converse and ask and receive from God like you need to. So is this not a fast I've chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Say every yoke. Is it not to share bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out and when you see the naked that you cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Verse 8, then the light shall break forth like morning. What's the light? Revelation. Truth. A revealed way. The light shall break forth in the morning, like in the morning. 
Your healing shall spring forth speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory, everybody say the glory. What's that? The manifested presence of God. The glory of the Lord shall be on your rear guard. Think about that. He's got, and say he's got, he's got your back. Hmm. As if then verse 9 says this, then you shall call. What? The Lord have your real guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, here am I. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and speaking wickedness. <laughs> so if you just take care of the things you can take care of, submit yourself, quieten yourself to hear God, what he says is going to happen. He's going to break wickedness, bonds of wickedness, undo heavy burdens. He's going to... The oppressed go free. He's going to break every yoke, right? He's going to help you to be able to have more, to share more, like we do with our food ministry and that stuff, but we do it with other things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The reason we are the way we are because we do and say the same things we've always done and said. If you want something different, do something different. Say something different. So I'm just telling you, I really know that I know in my heart, especially with God confirming with all these signs of what he's doing. People, we, we just can't say, oh, yeah, walk and talk a miracle over there. Who's that? Miranda and three little babies. That's all I could think about when, that, when I found out she called me and what happened. I had to come in here and preach. Mark's like, if you want, you just go on. I knew in my spirit I couldn't go. I had to stand here and release my faith. You've got to look at the signs, people. And God is doing it in our midst. Now, he wants to go beyond that. That's the level now. He wants to go supersede the level we're at. He wants you to never have less money than you have, never less, have less health than you have, never less freedom than you have never less anointing, authority than you have. He wants you to daily increase in him so he can increase in you. So take this time. And, and if you command a fast you're doing and you miss it, don't quit. Say, okay, Lord, forgive me. I'm going to get right back on track. Because you probably will. But just turn it over to the Lord because it's really not about the works. It's about the heart. Because that's who God's looking for. My goodness, he looked down out of heaven and said he saw a man named David and knew it was his man. He also knew David was going to murder, kill, commit adultery and everything else, but he also knew he would repent and he would be a man after his own heart. See, we only look at where people are or where they've been. We don't look at where God's taken them. Well, David had a reproach on his life. Yeah, people wouldn't forget. So he had to live with that. But God still accomplished the will for his life. So you've been through some stuff, and you'll probably go through some more stuff. But you don't have a right to quit. This is not, this is not an opportunity to quit. You're in it forever. Make the most of it. Live it. I know when the anointing's on me, I can't even watch the news. I'll come in, news be on, I'm like, oh, God, let's get mad. I don't care who's yapping, whichever crazy party it is, they're all yapping around. I'm getting like an old cynic, a bunch of liars. Give me this, do that. All of them. They're, you know what it is? They're all out for power. That's all they want. They can sell their kids for power. And I'm not saying every politician's like that. I don't mean that. I, I'll back off that. I know I got sin in my heart and bitterness because I've seen how much hurt and pain it causes. Now, get the right people in there, maybe. I don't know. The biggest thing is God get a hold of their heart. So we got to have them, right? Amen. So we'll pray for them. But they cannot be your gospel. You're supposed to pray for them. They're not supposed to, you know, make your life good. God will make your life good. You pray for them and, and, and just keep your mouth shut best you can about the negative stuff. I'm trying. Maybe during this fast, I'll improve on that. But here's what I know about me. 
when I'm agitated about something, now a lot of times it's just me. But there's certain things and times and seasons, things that before didn't agitate me, agitate me. It could be in a service, it could be at home, it could be something on TV, something someone does or says, and my spirit. And I'm like, man, I was in a great mood. All of a sudden, I'm agitated. I go, okay, Lord, why am I upset? Because that normally wouldn't upset me. And I have to go, oh, okay, Lord, you're working, you're doing something, I'm here, use me. There's things you're in strife over, and it's not even your fault. It's just that God wants to make you uncomfortable in that level you're living in to, to shake you out of the nest of comfortability to move you into the promise he has for your life. I really feel bad about saying that about politicians. Forgive me, Lord. That's sin if you don't know, so I repented. Hallelujah. only person we can curse is Satan. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I feel an anointing in here. You guys feel an anointing in here? I feel an anointing in here. Well, if the anointing's in here, that means yokes can be broken because the anointing breaks yokes. Just raise your hands up with me. Father, I just thank you for your anointing that breaks every yoke. I thank you, God, as we come together and unify to walk in your promises that we pray, we fast, we love, we serve, we give together. That, Lord, this is the year we walk in a whole nother realm. whole nother realm of anointing to have uncommon anointing to have supernatural promotions, divine encounters, God. Whew. Breakthroughs, Lord. Father, I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice, that you stir their heart and their spirit. Holy Spirit, move on them right now. Even those that don't know you right now, touch them. Draw them to you, Holy Spirit, that they come to you. Let this be the greatest year of salvation we've ever experienced, not only in Bethel, but in this nation and in the world. Lead us, Holy Spirit. We love you and we give thanks and praise to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Give God a big shout of praise.